1929. But this one, Old King Tut, was recorded in 1923, the year after the ancient pharaoh's tomb was found. Howard Carter and company made the discovery at a time when many had abandoned the famous Valley of the Kings. Shortly after confirming the validity of their find, Carter sent a telegraph to the dig's sponsor. At last, have made wonderful discovery in Valley, a magnificent tomb with seals intact. Recovered same for your arrival. Congratulations. His tomb instead of years was full of souvenirs. He must have traveled greatly in his time. Find out more at soundbeat.org. Soundbeat is produced at the Belfer Audio Archive, Syracuse University Libraries. I'm Brett Barry. <laughs> KKU, 88.5 FM, the voice of Molly. It's time to pound the poi on The Local Show. KAKU FM, Kahalui Maui, the voice of Maui. Show with me, brother Tony Midnight KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, broadcasting out of Akaku Maui Community Media Center in downtown Kahului. I'm Derry Rob, a Chihu. Today in the studio, we got brother Jerry. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Jerry's movie reviews you can find on YouTube, Instagram. And today, we're going to be talking about well, he's going to be uh, if giving me all the 411 on the latest horror films that is out for the Halloween season. And I'm going to be talking about some of the horror films I've been watching during the... I don't know if you're participating in the 31 days. I sure am. You sure are, man. Everybody is. <laughs> I, uh, some um, some people on, new, on Facebook, I've been seeing, they've been posting a lot. Um, if not watching things that have uh, physically purchased... Uh, Things that are available on streaming, and I, I tend to go down the road of like every once in a while checking out all of those uh, very, very little to no budget features that are available on a lot of uh, free street streaming sites. Okay, I'm a frequent, I'm a frequent Tubi. You know, hey, I caught flying. one too. Because you you watch you watch some of the, some of the stuff on too. I, I did. I don't, I don't mind the commercials. Because compared to regular cable, minimal. 
minimal. Usually, if you if you want to watch a movie that's out on cable and you're like watching it, and then you're gonna have a commercial uh, break that's like almost five minutes long. Yeah, I'm like, well, thank you. So I prefer streaming services when it comes down to some of these independent features. Now, uh, one of them I watch. Um, I don't know if you ever seen this film. It's called Dracula's Widow. Oh no. It's an 80s cheesy horror slash trying to be a 1940s crime noir film with Sylvia Crystal from Emmanuel. If you don't know what that Emmanuel is, then sorry. You don't (laughs) run in the same crowd as me. Okay? But, uh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, um, yeah, I've been watching, like, weird... 80 stuff like that. Some some stuff that I've purchased. I have I do have a customized uh, um, um, seller that I go to when I'm looking for obscure 80s. Never did make it to DVD or Blu-ray, Blu-ray or maybe if I don't know if any companies are on the lookout. You know, a nightlife deserves a 4K or Blu-ray. Um, you know. Re-release. It's a great film. Scott Grimes from the Orville is in it. Hey, there's a lot of boutique labels on the rise, like Vinegar Syndrome, yeah. Imports, you Arrow, know, Arrow yeah. Scream Factory, and Second Sight Films. I've definitely got into that, but they're like oh, almost four, fifty bucks a piece. But they really, yeah. really give you the goodies. Like, like I got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, Second Sight Films edition, and it is stacked. They got like this oh. really thick hardcover book, and it just like unfolds. And of course, you got the 4K, the Blu-ray. And what I love about 4K is that it's region free, so you can pretty much watch it on your standard 4K player. Oh, but the color! Oh my God, the picture has never looked better. Like mm. it still has a little bit of grain, but just the right amount of grain to still call it a beautiful 4K how transfer. Much, how much titles have you uh, 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 collected from uh, this company? From Second Sight, uh, about six, six or seven. It is, it is titles a big, I would know. Uh, Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. Yeah, uh, fun footage film. Uh, Never heard of it. No. Ooh. Okay. Is it a? What, you, what I, I definitely. Sorry. What year? Let me double check that. Oh. I want to say it's 2007. I recently saw it. Uh, it kind of oh, acts wait, like a on, mockumentary. Wait. Lake Mongo. Yes. I heard of it in passing. Okay. You know, like 2008. Like would... It was one okay. of the. It was one of the After Dark films. The you know the. Oh, okay, okay. So they're pushing out um, some. Better versions of these films, I'm guessing. Absolutely. I should look them up. I think I got It Follows. That one recently came out on Second Sight. It, it Follows. Mm-hmm. It Follows. Hmm. You could either bring that up because I recently watched a movie that almost... It, it borders on the same premise of this curse. What is that? Smile. Oh, I love that one. It's a weird, you know, it follows, it, it kind of, it harkens back to like the ring. Yes. You know, this is this, this, this evil supernatural curse that, that just implants itself on one person. And it follows is like that, but it, it's in the lines of like, it's like a, a like a, a virus, like a, like a sexually transmitted virus, but 
in a cursed form. That's what I, that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, and, and what I like about Smile is that it kind of deals with, um, like, like how you said how it follows deals with the whole, you know, yeah, yeah, sexual transmitted curse, disease kind of thing. The, the different ways that these curses can, you know, affect a person, right. you know, like one person to another person to another person, and Smile does that too because it's like, yes, it's weird. It's you see the smile of this one person is already affected by it, and then when that person sees it needs this this curse needs an audience. In order to pass over that curse too, mm-hmm. and then affect that person, and then just drain them dry by creating a misery. It's, like, it's weird. It's almost it feels like a like a succubus or an incubus kind of kind of storyline there. Yeah. It's a know? metaphor for uh, mental health, actually. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of like I kind of like where they took in that direction. Like I thought the trailers were really goofy, and I finally watched it, and it got some good jump scares out of me. It did. Yeah. There is some good stuff. Like towards the ending too, when like. It's the mother, and then all of a sudden, it's not, and it's just, just this, it's weird. I kind of felt like I'm a Slender Man kind of style, yeah, you know? face was haunting. Yes. I could not sleep after that one. Yes. And wasn't it, I think, wasn't it, like, kind of based, because I, I, a, lot of, a lot of these horror movies that are coming out now, they're kind of, like, based on some of, like, they, like, a, like a creepy pasta kind of, like, or... There's a short yeah, film. There is a short film. There is a short film. You gotta check that one out. It is very unnerving. Along the lines of, like, how Lights Out was a short film at first, too. Mm-hmm. And then became a feature. It's kind of like, uh, if you read the original story, and I know this movie already came out this year, too, but if you ever read the original short story for Stephen King's uh, The Boogeyman... Okay, yeah. The short film of Smile plays out exactly like that. Where a girl is telling um, her psychiatrist or whatever, like, um, just some of the things that she's been seeing, Mm -hmm. some of the things that have been haunting her, and it turns out things are just not what they seem inside of the room that she thinks she feels safe in. But, yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. That one's one's on YouTube. Go check that one out. Awesome. So, yeah, man. Um, Let's get into a quick, real quick uh, side note because you were talking about, you know, purchasing, um, uh, you know, all these different companies that are out there. I am a proud client of (laughs) Brother Jaren over here because he always has some titles that are available. Uh, Two of the ones, I mean, it's a whole bunch. If you follow my Instagram, Tony Midnight 81 on Instagram. You'll get to see pictures of this, okay? But um, very excited because you you just added on to my 31 days of Halloween horror movie challenge with adding on not only Evil Dead Rise, which I know it's available right now on streaming someplace. I think Max or something Max, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'd rather have it so that I can actually watch it without the commercials. Yeah. And would this be your first time watching it? Have you not watched it? Yeah, I have not watched it. (gasps) Ooh, okay. I have not watched it yet. And this is a direct sequel to the remake, or pseudo remake. Pseudo. Uh, If I'm going to be 100% honest, you don't have to refresh in your memory of the remake in order to understand that one. Completely completely different story. It's it's completely its own. It's completely its own. There are some... Little hidden Easter eggs. I'm pretty sure you will find them, but there are little little Easter eggs that does complement the remake, and it complements the older films as well. Ah, yes. So nice. Yeah. And then, and non horror films. Stand by me. 
I I feel like maybe kinda. I mean, it is based on a Stephen King short story called The Body, and I remember um, oh, I forget the name of the novel that the book that came out. There's a collection of his stories, but I remember watching this when I was a kid, and to me, it was so freaking morbid. Even as a kid, I was like. That's this is the most morbid thing ever. It's it's a bunch of friends to uh, that are bonding by going out to find a dead body, um, <laughs> and then the little short story in between with the yeah. ass, lardass. I, I I like I like all the actors in there. Like it has a like a Sandlot slash Goonies right. slash Stranger Things vibe. Yeah. I love the camaraderie and just like the development with all these like, and again kids, you know? with the the typical. Small town thugs, bully types are in here. That's yeah. why I always like. I feel like that, that's what I got when I when I was watching Black Phone as well. It's like you know that it, it feels like a Stephen King. It's the reason why I felt like it was a Stephen King uh, story. But and you said that's the son. They have that like that same like arc of like you know small town little kids, and they gotta deal not only with this real physical, you know insane people that they're running around town they gotta deal with supernatural things or something else or, or killers or something like that yeah. I like stories like that uh, I also got Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2 from Butter Butter Jaren over here and then um, I'm upgrading because I don't have this Everything I have the DVD oh, okay so this is an upgrade actually very big so <laughs> and this move Kikwan amazing the, he, he deserved it Oh, he deserved absolutely. that Oscar. He really did deserve that Oscar. I, I swear, like that's the best thing ever. It it almost makes me wish he came back for Indiana Jones. I just right, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. I don't want to see that one. <laughs> I'll I'll wait for streaming whenever yeah. it comes on. Streaming. You're not missing out much, yeah. but as an indie fan, yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about Indiana but for, Jones. But uh, for he gave me uh, these two movies is definitely going to be a part of my 31 days of Halloween horror movie challenge because. It's two of uh, one of my favorite Wes Craven movies that are not a part of like a nightmare franchise or another you know type of franchise. There, it's uh, Serpent in the Rainbow and the People Under the Stairs, and I think the only other one I need to grab to like make this a trilogy is Shocker. Okay, did they, I, did they release Shocker? Did, didn't they? They they did. I actually haven't seen Shocker, which is why that's not a movie that you see me selling to you. <laughs> well, you should. I should. You should. Okay. If, if there's a 4K release of it, by all means, go get it. Right. Yeah, because um, it's again in the same fashion of Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. He creates but, he creates this slasher, but instead of dreams, he's like. In he's TV, just, he's in not only in TV. He's like in everything, the electricity, and he's able to possess anybody at any time. Okay, you know, kind of like a like a, a hidden kind of kind of storyline there. But hidden was with an alien. You heard of that one? Which one? The hidden. hidden. No. It's about a parasitic alien that possesses people. Okay. Okay. And uh, it's on Earth to like create uh, destruction and chaos. Okay. It's eighties, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s. Kyle McLaughlin is in it uh, from Twin Peaks, and uh, this is before Twin Peaks. And already he sold his his uh, this his uh, uh, he sold his um, his style already through this movie because 
and Twin Peaks, you always see police detective. It's kind of awkward and cringy at times, but like he's kind of weird. And, and in the hidden, he's almost the same thing until you you know you know find out something else about that character, and you're like, what? <laughs> but definitely, it again movies from the '80s that I feel like didn't get any um, complete re-release. If it's on DVD, you'd be lucky to find it. It's yeah. part of one of those, like, uh, you know, when they put out those, like, oh, five movies for $10 on one, like, disc or something, or two disc set, and you got, like, five different ones. Yeah. Yeah. I recently purchased myself, still on the topic of physical copies, and I'm actually going to uh, put this as part of my um, 31 Days of Halloween Horror Movie Challenge as well. I purchased Blood Diner. It was okay. a restaurant uh, video re-release that you know that whole restaurant I, I earlier this month i purchased um, my best friends of vampire okay which was out there and uh, i found it at walmart and then um i found this one and even at a hefty price compared to the discounts i do i just do the, the cheap blu-ray yeah i it's a site it's a link you guys and it's the best thing ever for uh, physical media collectors because I go in there and I'm like wait what what the price came down and I'm like quickly do 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 next thing you know boom two days later Amazon Prime right at my door <laughs> yes <laughs> and I got Blood Diner from there and um, it was even at a discount it was affordable it was affordable so mahalo again for showing me that site man I was like yeah yeah to this day like Christmas time or my birthday when it comes around, I'm looking at this site and it's like I'm gonna gonna get this. This is how I'm gonna get my Arrow DVDs, yeah. my, my Arrow Blu-rays. This is how I'm gonna get my Arrow Blu-rays. Already, I I only got one in my collection, and that's uh, Girls Night Out, which I purchased from Book Off. Right. That's right. the only place you could find Arrow in Hawaii right now is Book Off. You can't find it. I don't know, there's no place on Maui. Maui doesn't no. sell that. If we if Barnes and Noble had uh, gotten back into selling media. Yeah, I feel like they would hold. They would have some of that because they would have a Criterion section as well. Yeah. So, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, Bring it back. <laughs> even if it's like a small section, you know, it, it, at least the Criterion collection. I I'm, know. An, I'm an avid. I'm trying to get my hands on as much Criterion horror releases. Yeah. So I only have uh, what I purchased in, in, in uh, book off in Oahu was the, the Uninvited, which is a 1960s. I did see that black one. And white. You did see that one. I did yeah, see that one. I that picked that one up. Yeah. So that's definitely gonna go into my watch this this uh, this month as well. George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead on 4K looks beautiful. It is crisp for a black and white film. It looks so crisp. As for a criteria for the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray I have, I got yeah. from you. You, yeah. you, you traded it up, so um, that's good enough for me. I don't have yeah, a 4K yeah. player. Right yeah, no, no, it, it has the same features like the one I gave you because mm-hmm. I, I just rebought, I just upgraded mine. Okay, that's why I, I sold you mine on. Uh, if you if you ever looked at your special features, you can also watch the original work print. Oh, Night of the Anubis. Oh, that's where did they dig that up? I don't, I it don't know. Existed. It, it yeah. existed. Yeah, but it's 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 included in the special features. You can watch it on. Um, I never checked the special features. Yeah, I only watched the movie. Yeah, but it's the that's the original work print. If you ever want to check it out, that's but it's it. in your features. 
That's it. I'm popping that sucker in. <laughs> my auntie didn't watch. Uh, ask me what I'm watching. I was like, I'm special features. Cause to, to, this is in here. I've got to check that out. That's yeah. what I love about Criterion. They'll they'll sneak in like an, another version of the movie in the special features. Like mm-hmm. they won't tell you that, but they'll just be like, you'll just have to read your specs. You're like, there's a whole movie in here, right? That's not just the regular uh, one. Well, you know, uh, just so much stuff. I, I follow the uh, YouTube channel and I watch all these other filmmakers. They're in the closet. I want to be in the closet. But that way. Oh, the, cri- the Criterion the Closet. The Criterion yeah. Closet. There's this closet at the offices where when they interview like filmmakers or they, they're, they're doing things for like uh, the shooting for the bonus features and stuff, if they're releasing 4K or Blu-ray or something like that, right? They they film at the offices. They have studios over there. And then they film them afterwards and like, okay, you can go into the closet and pick up whatever... You want you see people picking up Akira Kurosawa movies and stuff like that, like the box sets and like what? I would be in there. I would grab everything Cronenberg. Yeah. Speaking I, of that uh, one director that you just brought up, I Akira just, Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. I just started watching, and correct me if I'm wrong, if this is his movie or not. I just started watching The Cure right before I was on my way to you. Oh, uh, 1997. Is that? Uh, is that I? We're talking about the director of Pulse, right? Uh, no. No? Darn. Great. <laughs> Different guy. Doing some research here. Akira Kurosawa, Japanese filmmaker. He. It's on the old days, and he made features like. Um, oh, man. Wait, hold on. Oh, you know what? Same last name. Yo, Jimbo, yeah. Ran. Uh, uh, that's the one that I, I see. Okay. It's like uh, Jimbo. The, um, now I know which director you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I got you confused with Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Seven, seven Samurai. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Criterion, the Criterion, the, if you were to purchase it yourself, it's almost under $500, so. Yeah. <laughs> until they re-release Imagine, it, until they re-release it in 4K, then it's going to be about six hundred dollars right. for the entire set. Yeah, they do that. They do that. I, so yeah, completely different guy. But his his filmmaking matches like a lot of the filmmakers from the sixties and the seventies that like were epic. You know, yeah. He was like Japan, Japan's Kubrick. Yes. Yeah. His storylines <clears throat> are just freaking like in like, intense, but like. I don't, know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You, you can't really sit, sit down. Seven Samurai is one of my favorites. I sit down. I know it's the obvious one, but still. Yeah. It's one of those movies that my auntie said that me said. I remember watching it as a VHS, and it took two tapes to watch Seven Samurai. It's two tapes. That's what I watched. I sat down. We watched one. Got up before I put the other one into the VCR. You know, part two. Get some snacks. Because you're gonna watch. Uh, there's a re- uh, rewatch for me. So, but yeah, yeah. In Criterion, Barnes and Noble, please. At least a Criterion. But anyways, um, gonna take a quick break. Before before I do that, I gotta do a little service PSA. It was given to me yesterday. Um, 
public service announcement for public public uh, service announcement for Maui disaster relief. This is for all Maui veterans that are affected by the wildfire uh, from October 17th, started on October 17th through October 21st. You can call 808-463-5850 or 808-446-5295 to contact with the veteran service officer. Uh, at, um, they're going to be helping a lot of people that have been affected, uh, any veterans that was affected by the wildfire, whether it be from Kula side or from Lahaina side. Um, and they're also located at the VFW Post 3, uh, 3850 in Kihei, located at 1136 Ulunui Road. There's going to be some items, uh, some donated items there for people that need, uh, possibly, you know, food, hygienic products, whatever people need right there. Um, you, guys, you can also consult with a VSO. They fill out forms to replace any lost records um, So and, and much more. So, again, that's... Uh, Phone number is 808-463-5850 or the other number is 808-446-5295 for Maui Disaster Relief for the Maui Veterans. Okay, so got that one. Plus, real quick, Halloween costume giveaway. This is all. This is for all the displaced uh, Keiki families that are out there. This is going to be over on the west side. Um, they're invited to pick up costumes for more than 600 new and gently used donations. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, this is happening this Saturday and Sunday, October 21st and 22nd from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on both days at the Whalers Village, third floor, the Hawaii Wildlife Discovery Center, 2435 Kanapali Parkway in Lahaina. And parking is free over there. There's going to be an assortment of car, uh, costumes of all types from infant to tweens. Uh, costume distributed on first come first serve basis. For more information, the email is the y at maui ymca org. There we go. Take a quick break. Keep it locked here on KKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. It's the local show.
Akaku Upstairs, elevating community and conversation. Every third Thursday, on October 19th, we talk story with water sports cinematographer, producer and director Jace Panabianco. Jace captures intimate water shots in some of the most aggressive conditions. Watch excerpts of his work from Red Bull's Paradigm Lost, Who is J.O.B., Apple's Make or Break series, and film projects like his latest, Broken Molds, the origin story of windsurfing. 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Register at allkaku.org. All Maui, all the time, anywhere you go. Maui Stream for Maui lovers. An all-new mobile app for your phone. Watch Maui's community channels live in HD. Find your favorite programs with custom playlists. Submit your own videos. Listen to KAKU 88.5. Available now on the App Store and Google Play. Maui Stream. Three islands, one stream. Hi, this is Steve Summers. Join me Sunday mornings from 1 to 2 a.m. with a replay Sunday mornings from 10 till 11 for the Oldies Time Machine. It's familiar oldies from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, plus some of those rare tracks you won't hear on any other radio program. Right here on KAKU 88.5, the voice of Maui. Dear hero, whoever you are, you save lives. I live with sickle cell and the pain and the issues that come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood, and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood. Replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash giveblood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. How's it? I'm Brother Tony from The Local Show. KAKU is one listener-supported station. That means that all the kind shows you hear, like me, are sponsored by you, the listener, as well as our underwriters. If you would like to help keep the voice of Maui talking loud and clear like that, go to kakufm.org slash donate and give today. And don't miss the local show Monday through Thursdays live at 1 p.m. on 88.5 FM, The Voice of Maui. On the local show, KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui broadcast, broadcasting out of Okaku, Maui Community Media Center in downtown Kahului. Gonna talk to you about the Monster Mash and their Mansion of Fright. Friday, October 20th and Saturday, October 21st, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the UH Maui College Laulima Building. And it's uh, $15 at the door. Uh, $15, and this is all going to the UH Maui College student basic needs. And you can find more information and uh, ticket information at go.hawaii.edu. 
Edu backslash YHS, and they're gonna have five rooms of Fright Creepy Carnival or Carnival. Car Carnival. <laughs> you know, Car Carnival was a video game at Fun Factory back in the day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a video game where you're kind of like it's a shooter, but you're in a evil circus. Carnival. Okay. And there's like zombie like clowns and like weird like rainbow bats and spiders and stuff like that and you yeah. gotta shoot them and you're like you're on a roller coaster and as you're going up and down a roller coaster they're coming out at you and you're like like bam bam and well we still had that yeah right yeah. right it was around the same time as like it, you know when the big like horror shooters were popular yes you had like house of the dead one two Love three four one. whatever and then like had carnival and then you had like terminator and aliens and all that all these like you know like Epic movie-based or horror-based um, uh, uh, shooters, you know. I remember when the first shooters came out, man. Back in the old days, where it's a freaking like a hard plastic Uzi, and you play a game like Narc or something, and it's like, and the thing will make a sound, like it'll actually make a sound, and that. And then I remember back in the day, we had one of the very, very first shooter games was. And this was, it's weird because it was live action. Like, the whole game is live action. Yeah. So you're kind of, like, playing along. Like, you know how, like, people would have, there would be video games back in the day where you're watching a, you're playing along with a VHS. Something weird like that. But then, like, it had prompts and commands. And you had your, it's like a Smith & Wesson kind of, like, old West kind of deal. And you shoot, you know, high noon. Bam! Like that. Yeah. I hated that game. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the five rooms of fright, car creepy carnival, haunted hospital. Mm, I wonder if they can get some Silent Hill nurses in there. Ooh, uh, the labyrinth, uh, trick or treat? Got a question mark? You probably uh, either get a trick or a treat. I don't know. Uh, and the spider cave. There's also a free spectacular kinky fun zone. So like you know, any college goers that have kids, you know. You know, the family members can take them to the Kiki Fun Zone on the side or outside or wherever where they're having it. And um, they have, like, free games and face painting for the kids. And I was talking about that yesterday. I was like, imagine if, like, a bunch of kids go over there and they all ask for, um, say, oh, how do you want your face painted? Pennywise. And then you have a bunch of kids just running around as Pennywise, <laughs> full white. And then just, uh, Art the Clown? Yeah, no, no, no. Art the Clown. Uh, maybe too extreme for Art the Clown. A lot of the kids, they, 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 only, they only identify with like Pennywise or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, one, one horror clown movie I haven't watched is actually Clown. Eli Roth uh, presents Clown. He produced that movie, and I never sat down to watch it. And I own the Blu-ray. I found it one day. Doing my Goodwill hunts. Of all places, Goodwill. <laughs> I find Clown on Blu-ray. I was at the, 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 in line to purchase already. I made my purchases. And I was looking at, and I was looking down. And then in this corner over here, there's this little, they had this little like, uh, like a cage or whatever. Before, before they register with like a different kind of like things to sell. And right down at the bottom of it is a Blu-ray, and I see it. And what is it? It's Clown. I pick it up. I put my stuff down. I pull it. Out, I I pull it out the slipcover. It was still in the slipcover. 
And I popped it open and I look at the dish and then it's mint. So I spent a lot of money that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I missed the hunt. Yeah. I missed the hunt. The last hunt I did was at uh, my friends at the library. And yeah. I found some stuff. See, I went to, I, when I went to Portland, I went to a place called... Um, Oh my god, I cannot remember the license. Is it that now. one with the big bookstore or is it a different place? It's the big record store. Oh. Yeah. So it was a record store, so you know, in the same realm of uh, like Music Request. Mm-hmm. And oh, Music Millennium. That's the one. Music Millennium. Yeah. In so Portland, in, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon. Yeah. If I ever find myself over there near Washington or Oregon, man, there's there's a spot that I'm gonna check out. It's like definitely. Music Request times three. And I love that they bring in they don't just uh, you know, like um, you know how our music request, like you know, p- things are practically donated or treated mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about them is that they actually order stuff, so they have a lot of boutique labels. Oh, like I'm talking about, yeah, they got more than just the Shout Factory and Arrow, yeah. like column, but have they a have a lot. Section they would have like a. Uh, what is that one that MVD? That yeah, releases, that they have they have all of that, and I bet you if you saw the titles on that thing, you would be like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "I'm too young to know what that is." Uh, I bet I better have five grand in my pocket, yeah. man. I'll pop on all of it. But definitely. I, I definitely, I definitely dropped oh. a lot of money that day. Oh, can you imagine? Dude? Oh man, so you picked up like a lot of boutique stuff, like a uh, lot. Arrow and stuff like that. Yes, there's there's one I definitely pride on. Because it was a lot of money, and it was a limited edition arrow of Dario Argento's um, Deep Red, which I still oh. have to watch. But, yeah, oh, it is... Profondo Rosso. Oh. Profondo Rosso by Dario Argento. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that Deep Red is one of his best. Yeah? One of his okay. best. Okay, good. You know, I straight up you, blind bought it. I don't it, even know. It, it's so crazy because it's it was released... He had done this, and then like only like a couple of years after that, Suspiria came along. Yeah, and you kind of see him like really honing on the horror craft. He already had done a lot of Jalo stuff, the the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Cat on Nine Tails. I uh, recently watched those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Good stuff. They're they're Jalo, but they have horror horror like you know like that thriller kind of horror suspense to it. Yeah. And then when he started, when he came out with Deep Red, and I was like. Whoa, that first kill scene. And Italians, Italians are so good. I'm wearing my Lucio Fucci shirt right now. <laughs> you like Italian? You, okay, Dario Gianto is uh, safe and sane compared to Lucio Fucci. Definitely, definitely. You know, House of the House by the Cemetery, yeah. uh, Lucio Fucci Zombie, which is like a pseudo prequel to Dawn of the Dead. Who does Demons belong to? Demons belongs to. Uh, is it Lamberto ba- Bava? Yes, that's the one. Lamberto, Lamberto Bava. Bava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario Bava's son. Okay. If you like, you like. If Mario Bava was the, his father was the man that created the look and the outline of what slasher horror is, yeah. because his Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. If you watch that, you're gonna you're gonna see scenes where it's like, wait, wait. Jason? Jason Voorhees? What? What? Yeah. Yeah. The basis of the kills, of any kills in any slasher movies past Halloween had their, their base in all of these 
Italian giallo horror, it's like serial killer or murderer type movies, right? So Bay of Blood was one of the main ones. So if okay. you ever eat, keep that title in mind because that one, I don't know where people can get it. I know it's available somewhere. I don't know if it's in 4K or if it's in Blu-ray or whatever, but me, myself, I, I think it's streaming on a couple of sites. So. Okay. But that movie is just... It's weird, too. It's one of those storylines where it's like you're following a uh, family as they're going through a really like, traumatic, dramatic effect, uh, event in their life. And they all start getting picked off one by one. Kind of like um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dementia, Dementia 13. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that one, too. That's, no, that's, no, no. I haven't oh. seen that one. You, you, you'd be surprised at how many popular <laughs> directors had their start in horror, man. Oh, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, um, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson has his start in horror. Um, George A. Romero, before he started in horror, you know, he, he he worked as a director on Mr. Rogers' Neighbors Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like this when he first started out, like sixty six, sixty seven. People don't, people don't, they, they forget that Mister Rogers started in the sixties, <laughs> when it wasn't even color; it was black and white. Anyways, uh, I digressing. Let's get into because I know you've been out there. You've been going to the theaters. I don't go to the theaters myself. <clears throat> I usually wait to stream or physical uh, media to purchase. There's still, I think I get my hand on some, some, uh, one is the one that just came out. Talk to me. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you have to watch that? I gotta, when I went to Walmart yesterday, the, there was only the DVD. I'm like, I want the Blu ray. And yeah. it was gone. Yeah. There was no copy in sight. Yeah. Uh, so I gotta wait or wait on Amazon, but I'll get my hands on it. Australian horror. Yes. So good. And these were made by YouTubers. This is like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's their first film, so I highly admire that. I gotta go check out their channel. The channel is still up, right? Yeah, I think it Raka Raka or something. Okay. Yeah, I gotta go yeah. check out some of their their content. Yeah. You know, see where where they They're got wild. to start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, the recent ones that had come out, um, I believe the Exorcist. The Exorcist, Exorcist Believer. Came, yeah. Saw X. Saw yeah. X. Which already has like there, you can already purchase. I don't know if it's pre-order or if it's already released on 4K or Blu-ray. I know uh, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of like pre-order stuff that's out right now. Yeah, I, I know I know it's going to be available on 4K Blu-ray in December. Um, I know you can probably watch it on digital now. Digital. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't <laughs> want to get fooled because like sometimes like digital stuff gets listed in like physical media areas and stuff like that. Like, yeah. wait, 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 I don't no, 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 no. No, I, I don't want to, I don't have Amazon Prime on my TV at home. It's on my phone. I don't want to watch it on my phone. I want to watch it on, on the big screen. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And The Nun 2, I think. If the you... Nun 2, The Nun. Yep. Oh. <laughs> so you know Valak? <clears throat> no. <laughs> What's your demon name? What's the demon name? Valak, yes. This is Valak, yeah. You got it? You That's got right, it. Valak. A female demon. How was the Nun 2? Let's start off with the Nun 2 real quick. The Nun 2... I like, I, yeah. I like the idea of the continuation of the Conjuring universe. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a lot more than the first one. 
Uh, granted, I like all the Conjuring films in general. Me too. Uh, but I Me do too. like that this one definitely pushes the envelope just a little bit more. We still fo- follow uh, Tasha Farmiga's character, uh, mm-hmm. Sister I- Irene. And she kind of has her own story kind of going on. But then she teams up with uh, Reed Storm. And they kind of go on this... You know, it's almost like the Pope's Exorcist where Mm -hmm. they're kind of on their mission, you know, to expel demons and all that kind of stuff. I haven't watched the Pope's Exorcist. No? Oh, that one's on Netflix. Definitely worth checking out. Okay. Russell Crowe's great. Um, Also, and then you're also still following Frenchie. Uh, what do you call him? He's kind of uh, he's like a like a local caretaker mm-hmm. at this boarding school for girls, and weird things begin to happen. He doesn't know what's going on, but bizarre things begin to happen, and that all kind of like comes together for another big showdown with Valak. But the, the boarding school is is it the same area where that church were? In no, the first film. No, it's no, no. A completely different area. Different, different. So it's almost like the demon followed yeah. them there. Or it's like uh, the the demon has latched itself to Frenchie, and ah. wherever he goes, people were would to die. And then that, that's why they they said like it starts to get um, Sister Irene's attention because she, she starts to pick up a pattern like oh Valak is still alive and well. Ah. It's like how is Valak getting around? You know, leaving Romania yeah. from the first movie, yeah. and you're like oh. It's in Frenchie, you know. It's attached to Frenchie. Oh man! So I, I, I like how so, so a lot of the scares and a lot of the mm-hmm. what do you call it, the horror and the tension building, just done. You know, it almost feels kind of the same, but a little bit better executed in the Nun too. I like. I, I just like the idea that this is a universe now, and Absolutely. How, how much titles already is available uh, <laughs> in this universe. You have all the Annabelles. You have the conjuring itself, which I like. I like three. Three was fun. Yeah. And then um, you have the nun, and La Llorona is, is a part of the universe as well. I think. Yeah. 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 I and do think that Valak will be part of the upcoming conjuring film in some some way or form. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but you know the the end credits does point that we are going to see Ed and Lorraine Warren again. I like that. Um, I kind of feel like the last Annabelle was a adjacent sequel to the main Conjuring film because it does take place in their home. Yeah. But then it's a daughter and the babysitters and stuff like that, which I enjoyed. I like the idea that they, they made one where, you know, they're they're being affected right there in the home because you've already, you've already seen. Some demons affect them in their home already. Yeah. Especially with uh, Conjuring 2 and Valak, you know, popping out at her in in, uh, um, in Part 2. But then you that was kind of like a precursor to letting us into the Nun uh, feature. I feel like there's there's supposed to be something else, but I think I'm I think I'm mixing it up with another uh, another franchise. Which one? I'm thinking Ouija. No, there's not. There's no. different. Oh, okay. Completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Ouija, <clears throat> Ouija should be a part of the Conjuring universe. And the second one better. was a good movie, but second the first one was, better, one was yeah. 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 Mike Flanagan, man, he's doing some great stuff. Oh, The Fall of the House of Usher. I still got to watch that That's one. It's on Netflix. But it's yeah. a mini series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Flanagan, though, he's such a great director. Oh, uh, my God. He's done Hush. He's done Gerald's Game. He's done. The, I like Gerald's game. Yeah, the Haunting of Hill House uh, anthologies. Again, those and I have never watched any of those. Really? I haven't even watched Wednesday. What? 
<laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> I've watched any other Jenna Ortega movie but Wednesday. Right? <laughs> Don't be mad at me. I still haven't seen Scream, 4, uh, Scream 5 yet either. Really? Yeah. We're at six already. I know. And Jenna Ortega is has just announced that she's coming back for seven. Oh, God. And I heard it she's might be... She's the new face. She's yeah. the new face of Scream. And I heard I like that... that uh, that they might put Ghostface in the holidays. That's well, the, uh, this last one that takes place in New York City is New during York Halloween City, time, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so seven, they're thinking of bringing Ghostface to Christmas. That's great. That's just yeah. great. Happy holidays. <laughs> I think I, think I, I hope he does a better job this uh, Saturday Night Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah. Which I like the remake though. That's pretty good. Flame Thor Santa. Anyways, um, the other feature that came out is The Exorcist. And I am intrigued because I know that Ellen Burstein is in it. She's in it. But that um, Linda Blair, who I think is not in it. Again, I haven't watched it yet. You have. But I know that she had worked as um, behind the scenes as kind of like a consultant when it came down to the... uh, exorcism and all that kind of stuff the way the the girls would present themselves when in the possessed form so um how was that one because i know that's a that's a recent release too so prior to the eras tour yeah <laughs> so it is a wise choice that exorcist came out the week prior to taylor mm-hmm. swift mm-hmm. the exorcist believer now if you take out the fact that it is not part of the Exorcist legacy, it is a fine, just okay, mediocre possession movie. Okay. Because the first hour of the film, the first hour of the film, you're following brand new characters. You're following two families mm-hmm. who have to deal with their two little girls who went missing for days, show up again, and weird and bizarre supernatural occurrences begin to happen and the possession begins to take form and especially with the father played by leslie autumn jr mm-hmm. i'm very invested with his uh with his character development especially with his dynamic with his daughter angela mm-hmm. and once we get introduced into the second act with ellen burston coming back i swear the movie takes a big fat dive on its face oh god and and it's not and it's not her it is really just the material she was given and Mm -hmm. it's just how they decide to hone in on all these homages all these throwbacks to exorcists and it feels rather insulting um Mm. for one ellen burston is literally in the movie for like 10 to 15 minutes she is she is not a big part of the movie She's in the movie for like 10, 15 minutes. Okay, thanks for that cap trailer then. Yeah. she Like, like literally, you can watch the trailer and her screen presence is 90% it's of that. It's all in the trailer. Majority oh of God. it is, yeah. And I, I swear, and this may not be a big deal, but I really didn't like how they... She has one line in the movie that is blowing up on Twitter. But uh, she was like, I never actually witnessed uh, The Exorcist of My Daughter. In my opinion, it was because I wasn't part of the patriarchy. And I'm like, ooh. Uh, all right. Okay, how, how so it's, a, it's, a, it's the Snow White 
It's the Snow White remake of uh, Exorcist. <laughs> Modern Snow White, not the original Snow White. I was like, yeah, way to thank the two priests who gave their lives to save your daughter. Okay, what feminist wrote that line? Oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I'm just, just joking around. Okay. Okay, so, okay. Flopper. Flopper then. Flopper. I'm getting a feeling of the, flopper. The, the yeah. last act is fine. I like the exorcism scenes. You know, you got two girls who are possessed, and it is kind of weird because they do decide to try every single ritual from every single culture mm-hmm. to do the exorcism. And I thought that was interesting. I just wish they explored it just a little bit more. Uh, but it was just weird. It was weird that everybody was involved like you would have neighbors who had like maybe two seconds of character development come in and be a part of the exorcism like i okay. don't care I, i'm done with that <laughs> i was like what did the what did the neighbors get involved with you know the main character's exorcism like who how important are they to the plot okay. like there was just like random faces like trying to do this thing and you got like one person applicable to do the exorcism i'm like i don't need all these random people doing like i I was waiting for the david gordon green recycled line evil dies tonight because they were they were just i don't know they were recycling some of the things they were trying to do with the halloween Mm -hmm. trilogy the new one yeah 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 and it just did not work with the exorcist okay okay but long and behold we're still getting two more movies from this yeah how saw x Saw X was amazing. Okay, the best, the best of the three for Halloween. Saw X. People are gonna watch. Saw, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Saw X was the best one, and you figured, right? It's the tenth movie. How can it be the best? I'll tell you, is that they really honed in on telling a perspective with John as your protagonist. Okay, you're like. Why should I be agreeing with Jigsaw? You're like, no, you really get to spend a lot of time unveiling uh, John and his whole journey to fight his cancer. This is taking place between the events of Saw 1 and Saw 2. Okay. And when he's on his his whole journey of trying to figure out a way how to defeat his cancer, you know, he confides in these people who are going to you know, operate a procedure on him. And he's even there's even one scene where he's even considering, like, Maybe I should give up being Jigsaw. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. you even see a, a trap that's actually kind of in his own head. You know, like you get to see the world in his perspective. And then when they completely screw him over, by the language, but he just like that, he makes all these traps for these people. Once he traps them, it's the most personable, it's the most visceral, like, trap setup he's ever done. And it's so. Satisfying. I like his traps, dude. He has the yes. best traps. Saw two was one of my favorites. So yeah, yeah. I like to see the whole dynamic. Yeah. Is there any other characters that kind of like you can mention who comes back besides so, from uh, Jigsaw? So not a spoiler because it's actually in the trailer. Amanda comes back, and I I honestly thought she was just gonna have a cameo, mm-hmm. but she has a really good supporting role in this. Like. Like, you really get to dig in just a little bit deeper between, like, the mentor and the studentship of Jigsaw and Amanda because he's he's already ready to, like, hey, you're going to have to take over. 
and you gotta ha- you're gonna have to do this without me one day. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. just not ready, you know. She's you still see that she's struggling to uh, uphold the morals of Jigsaw and his games. And it is just it, it's it, it's beautiful. Like the movie has a little bit of emotions and a little bit of drama, you know. And I think that's what makes this story like so great because it just didn't feel like you know your typical formulaic Saw movie. But by all means, that doesn't mean we don't get some gruesome, gory, and just beautiful carnage candy with the yes. traps. There are some, and I, yes. I gotta say, like watching those, I. I almost had a Charlie horse in the theater just by watching <laughs> watching one trap scene. That is crazy. Uh, okay. So good. So the one to watch for Halloween in theaters, Saw 10. Saw X, I like that. Yeah. Brother Jared, Malo for coming in. Talk to story with me over here. Absolutely. For the Halloween season. Keep it locked here for more programming on KKU 88.5 FM, The Voice of Maui. That's it for this episode. Aloha, Maui. Aloha. Upstairs, elevating community and conversation. Every third Thursday on October 19th, we talk story with water sports cinematographer, producer, and director Jace Panabianco. Jace captures intimate water shots in some of the most aggressive conditions. Watch excerpts of his work from Red Bull's Paradigm Lost, Who is JOB, Apple's Make or Break series, and film projects like his latest, Broken Molds, the origin story of windsurfing. 5:30 to 7:30 p.m. Register at allkaku.org. Maui's free speech station, KAKU 88.5 FM, Kahului Maui, the voice of Maui, the Sonic Cafe. Featuring intelligent, eclectic music, comedy, and pop culture. Come on, swing, baby, swing. 
We're the Sonic Cafe. It's a jungle out there, and I don't know how to swing. Mm-hmm. 